Flyover Politics here on anchor.fm slash flyoverpolitics. I am Adam. I'm Sean. And I, I'm, I'm talking very deep into this new microphone, Sean. It sounds very professional right now, like I'm a professional radio DJ, but uh, trying out some new equipment. And uh, Daddy's had a couple drinks as well tonight, so I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, oh, I didn't get anything. I just have my water <laughs> and my old mic oh, that man. I got on facebook marketplace from some crackheads i have to give a shout out to some of the the it world because the it world likes to drink and because of that they know that they go hey let's organize these like digital cocktail wine tasting events and this is my second one i had one today earlier today and i think i was probably i I wouldn't say i was drunk but i was definitely feeling pretty good uh sipping on all different kinds of wine feeling like dr steve rule and uh now I'm, I've gra- I've gone to beer to try to calm down a little bit, but uh, I'm feeling extra relaxed as we uh, we tape this podcast. So uh, I would call this the post Thanksgiving relaxation podcast yeah. or whatever you want. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was uh, at home. Um, we did some cooking and. It, we had plenty of leftovers. The kids had a good time. They didn't care about the food. It was that uh, we, we actually had made all this food like our favorites, and the kids are kind of like, no, like, I don't like it. Like, yeah, so cool, cool story, other, Dad. Like, <laughs> we looked at each other like we we're having the same thing we normally have. The kids are having chicken nuggets, and we just spent fucking hours. But but uh, it was nice to have, um, you know, just time at home. Nothing sure. really to do. We decorated the house for Christmas a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So nice. it was a good Thanksgiving. You? <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I had to watch the, the Cowboys play, so that was not fun. But um, they uh, are just terrible this year. But uh, uh, other than that, it was a good time. It was just it was very quiet. Just my wife and my my daughter. And uh, we uh, we didn't we actually uh, picked up Thanksgiving from a local restaurant. We were going to do our own. And then we're like, ah, we're just not, we just weren't really feeling the whole preparation food thing thing this year. So we um, went and got the food the day before and then just kind of had to warm it up in the oven. And I was, you know, sipping on beers and it was just, it was pretty chill. It was, it was weird. Definitely weird. Um, not uh, being with a bunch of, although I <laughs> took a screenshot and sent to Sean that somebody that I went to high school with was, uh, goddamn determined to have their Thanksgiving with their family, and they were holding their their Trump signs in the background. And you can't stop me from having my holiday, Sean. And it was yeah. yeah, there was I saw a lot of that on Twitter and Facebook of the people that were just very determined to to show you that I don't care right. what's going on. We're having our goddamn Thanksgiving with Grandma and Grandpa, and oh boy. And then here we are. I mean, again, I hate. The last podcast we did, we were talking about how things were kind of sort of improving in our state, and now we're just right back to where we started, and it's even worse right now. We I think we 70, have, 70 we, people died yesterday. Yeah, the most in, in, in our state. And yeah, yeah. 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 So we're just uh and and what a shock that it takes place right after when a bunch of people right decided to get together for Thanksgiving when they said don't yep. do that this year. So uh seventy fucking people died. Yeah. Um and there's and we're not in a I mean Compared to other states, we're not very populated. And Sean has made that abundantly clear with his comparison with Japan. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's we we, we can we can sit here and, and have this conversation and talk about why it was stupid. Um, but I've uh, I, I mean, you and I think we both can relate to this. We're both surrounded by 
uh, adults that are just gonna fucking do what they want to do. And they'll, they'll tell you, they'll tell to your face, uh, without wearing a mask that they're going to do what they want to do. They're just determined. And today, um, I haven't had a chance to read it, but it kind of hit home. The Atlantic came up with an article about Iowa that said, Iowa is what happens when the government does nothing. Yeah. The story of coronavirus in the state is one of government inaction in the name of freedom and personal responsibility. And all I've read thus far was the first uh, uh, paragraph that was about a man who is a nurse in ICU um, who had to go hold a phone to a man's face while he died and his family said goodbye to him. And it's just mm-hmm. heart-wrenching and disappointing and sad and completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely unnecessary. The 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 government of Iowa has a seven hundred million dollar rainy day fund that they are not using. And I don't know what what more you could call this than a rainy day. And uh, you could pay people to stay at home. There's no real mask mandate. You should institute a mass mandate and then shut the state down and pay people to stay at home. But you've created a situation where you can't you can't just rely on people to act responsibly, air quotes responsibly, because they still can't make ends meet. I know tons of businesses here in 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 Cedar Rapids and Marion, Hiawatha are having a hard time making ends meet because people are scared. And those like me who can stay home more have been I'm not going out to eat. I'm not going to go into restaurants. I'm not going to go shopping. I'm not, uh, you know, my daughter uh, loved going to dance. She's going to dance, but it's one night a week, and they've spent tens of thousands of dollars on air circulators, and they're all wearing masks, and they can they limited class sizes for social distancing, so it's it's as safe as it could be, but it's it's hard for them, and the the organizations that we've set up that are built to socialize some of that angst so that we're all bearing the brunt of it and we can help each other out. They're being controlled by people who don't want them to function. Yeah. Who think yeah. it's an individual's responsibility and government's there to take away their freedom rather than government be there to do things we can't do individually. That's such a fucking cop out too. I'm sorry if I'm if I'm annoyed, but I, I've had so many grown adults tell me, well, you know, I trust other adults to make the right decision. Well guess what? They're not. And and I don't why do you have a fucking lock on your front door? Yeah, I mean, it just... Why do you lock your car when you go into Target? Oh, I trust that adults won't break into my house and break into my... It's like, I, I just, I can't hear that anymore. I can't accept that as, as an answer. And I I and I, I know there there's definitely going to be people listening to this that will then, well, what about California? Yes, I agree. California is getting pretty fucking strict right now. And I and mm-hmm. I, I think that there, there are some ways you can handle this very good. And I think there are some ways you can handle this very poorly. And I don't think California is handling this very well. They're 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 taking it to levels that, quite frankly, they don't need to be taking it to, and they could still institute a mask mandate, which they did. Um, but there are there are you know uh, examples I'm seeing that yes, I agree with are are over the top. The from our perspective, from Sean and I's perspective, we live in a state where our governor issues these. I, I'm using you know air quotes statements that that don't really accomplish anything. 
and right. nothing gets better. I think that's the problem is that nothing gets fucking better. And we're just right. watching this woman stand there and, and say this shit. And at some point you have to hold, you have to hold people responsible for this. And, and right. this idea that it's like, well, I can't control, you know, like, yeah, you kind of can, you can make some suggestions. And it was so strange that that one before that a few weeks ago where our governor, Kim Reynolds was issuing like i don't want to do this i want to get together with my family too but but she didn't she didn't all outrightly tell people not to do that she just said that's what she was doing she didn't issue a mass mandate but she recommended it and and they're just it it, it's just blatant disregard at this point and that and that's that's probably why sean and i sound really annoyed and i get it like the you know because you can look at other countries in the world who successfully manage it yeah like most of asia asia has successfully managed this. I know that's Australia, what's... New Zealand. So frustrating. And I get that those are islands, but you could stop the ingress of people who are running around unrestricted, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Monitor them. You can do testing. You can do isolate. Like this could have been stopped, and it they chose not to do it. No, they the the whole we we stop flights from China. You stop flights from mainland China to people with Chinese passports but not anybody coming to America from any other Asian country that were from China or mm-hmm. Chinese, but you're mm-hmm. allowing Americans to come back to an, to America from China as you should, but there were no restrictions on those people. And it wasn't until end of March when he shut down travel from Europe and it was already here and they still didn't implement test and tracing still haven't implemented testing and tracing so you can alert people they've been exposed and then have them quarantine and give them resources so they can safely and effectively quarantine. You're not creating an atmosphere that, that made this a social ask, right? Like you're not creating an atmosphere where the people who are self quarantining are doing their bit for society. And someday they, you will be too, you will be asked to do something and it will be your turn to step up. They're not asking you to throw your, your lives at the foot of the economy, but that's that. Well, I wouldn't be, but that's what this administration and this political parties asked people to do. And now you've got the Democrats who are running scared of saying this was handled so poorly at the outset. The pain of digging ourselves out of it is going to be astronomical. And people are like, well, uh, Joe Biden's going to have a shutdown for five weeks. <laughs> well, you want to know what? That's what's going to fucking take, other than just letting people wantonly die until we have a vaccine. And if you thought like, the reactions that we saw to, you know, some states making that decision was bad, wait till January 22nd and then the weeks that come after that, where if Biden decides to. Even even if he goes on television and suggests, hey, maybe for 100 days we all wear a mask, the f- yeah. the outrage you will be seeing, uh, just just get ready. It's it's going to be. But it's insane from people who like, what is your outrage? You have to wear a mask when you Sean, go you are telling me what to do. And that is against yeah. my constitutional. That's just like what, you're that's being you're told to wear a fucking seatbelt and you can't. You can't carry and wave around a fucking firearm. These are adult babies that, like, that you, yeah. it's, it's just the, it's just a part of their brain that refuses to evolve and understand data. And they just, they don't, they can't be troubled. They just, you're, 
you're forcing me to have to listen to something that this is this is the essence of what our society is today it's surrounding yourself with people that agree with you which is which is how your social media is crafted you mm-hmm. you your social media is crafted around the narrative that you want to set for yourself so you will follow people institutions media outlets friends whatever that will just it'll be just this giant fucking circle jerk and mm-hmm. then if someone kind of peeks around the corner and says well actually that's not and then uh, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to come. It's just, you, you're, you're, it's just this inability to allow anything to seep into your little bubble. And, and that's the world we live in now. And this, it could, this, this virus couldn't have come at a worse time because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the more and more I, I, I listen to people talk about how social media works and how it crafts ideology and how it crafts your, just your, your basic day to day, uh, functionality. Uh, it's frightening to me. Um, cause, yeah. cause even, even as I'm sitting here saying this, I on purposely follow people on Twitter that I don't agree with because I like to see what they're saying. Like I follow Ann Coulter and she, I'm going to bring her up later tonight. I don't like, I don't list, I don't agree with 90% of what she says, but I think it's good for my brain to take in what she says. So I at least hear another perspective on something because there's maybe there's an opportunity where I go, well, maybe she's making a good point or something. But this idea that you should just be surrounding yourself with only what you think is so dangerous. And this virus is a perfect example of that, of yeah. just everyone has found their tribe and they are just, uh, ugh, it's just so fucking frustrating. And, and that I, I, I just, I'm, th- I'm 35. How old are you, Sean? 32, 33. We're considered fairly young, I guess. Um, so somewhat, we're not like the, you would, you would consider someone pretty young when they're in their early twenties and you get the, Oh, well, they don't know any better because they're in their early twenties. You could kind of say that about us to a degree. Mm-hmm. But when I see people, women, guy, guys in their, uh, you know, late forties, early fifties, mid fifties, you know, just with complete disregard for data and intelligence, I'm just like, Oh no, like what is going on? Like, this is, this is not good. Like, these are supposed to be the people that are kind of like, not even disregard, like a contempt for it. Yeah. Right. Like a contempt for expertise, a contempt for educated people who are, uh, yes, they're, they're telling you what to do. And you want to know why he's allowed to tell you what to do? Cause he's a fucking epidemiologist, right? Like, like you wouldn't take your, your truck to a McDonald's to get it, the catalytic converter fixed. Yeah. Right. Because that's not the person that you go, like you don't listen to the, you know, the line cook at McDonald's on how to fix your catalytic converter. You go to, (laughs) you go to a fucking mechanic. Yeah. I've used the same, I've used the same example of why, why would you go to a doctor before all this happened? Listen to everything that doctor says, you know, take in their instructions, follow their instructions and be completely fine with it. But then that same doctor goes, you know what? It might be a good idea for you to wear a mask. You wait, wait a second. Right. Hold on a second. I was reading some QAnon stuff on Reddit the other day, and they were saying that if I put this mask on, then Bill Gates is going to put a tracker inside my bloodstream, which then, <laughs> you know, it's like, I just don't get it, Sean. I, I yeah. just, I, it doesn't correlate for me that because prior to wanna- the. 
But, yeah, but, they don't want to engage in it. But like did you? But did you? But did you see any resistance to stuff like this before this virus hit? Because I really did. I mean, I would. I would definitely see you know strong disagreements on political ideology, but I wouldn't see it in science. You know, like obviously there's, there's. I could see it trickling. I could see the foundations being laid. Right. Okay. That that the scientists are just you know. They're educated dummies, right? They only know about a little bit, and who really trusts science? Well, like with with environmental science, there is no, there are no credible environmental scientists who would say that global warming is fake, mm-hmm. right? And the only time, like when you see people revising or saying, "Oh, I was wrong," and then they they point to a, an environmental scientist saying, "Oh, look, he said he was wrong." It's usually because they didn't factor in the domino effect of other things that were unaccounted for in their modeling. And their modeling now shows like, oh, shit, um, I didn't account for these two factors that cropped up that were exacerbated by these 47 other factors. And now my model is actually worse. I was wrong because I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it's going to be now. But they don't right? talk like, about that, though. Yeah, they, they right. But there's no un- there's no nobody gives a fuck about nuance. Yeah. And I watched a 20 minute video yesterday about how vaccines work. And it was fascinating. And the guy was explaining it down to like the nucleus of a cell and then how the outside of the the cell is like constructed to help move things into and out of the cell and how that transfers to the mRNA. I think we we talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And also, I need to say I was wrong about the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, they're both mRNA, and they both take two shots. So I was confusing the Pfizer vaccine with another vaccine, or okay. the Moderna vaccine with another vaccine. But they're both mRNA, and they're both um, like amazing. So I was wrong about the Pfizer vaccine. I thought the Pfizer vaccine was using... Um, you know, like the standard, you know, they inject a dead virus into you. But this is just, they use a... synthetic RNA sequence and then they inject that into you and your cells take that in and your cells create the little thing watching for the shape of the virus so it's anyway it was um, a lot of nuance and and the way he was explaining that it's safe that it's not altering your DNA because that's not the part of the cell that RNA goes into RNA doesn't go into the nucleus of the cell to fuck with your DNA because your DNA is held in the nucleus of the cell. It's in the, I think it's the cytoplasm of the cell. I couldn't, I didn't memorize the fucking thing, but it's the cytoplasm. So like there's, there's nuance and understanding how the, how the, your biology works and the human body works that I, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, they're trying to inject shit and change your DNA and you're going to have fish DNA, like shit like that. And it's, it's just, you're not, you're not educating yourself to a base level to understand whether the facts coming at you from a source are coming at a source of understanding how the world is. My favorite is when I see these articles talking about the upsides of these vaccines and how they're coming. The number one comment I always see is, well, my, my body, my choice. Like, Oh, oh, okay. So you're just going to roll the dice like you've been doing prior to, you know, right. the, this virus hitting and then spreading. And, and then of course you get the, well, it's got a 98.01% survive. And it's, it's like, well, yes, from a, from a statistical data standpoint, that is correct. 
But when you break that down by population, that's not that great. And, and it's all, it, it's very similar to the electoral college that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you can statistically break these things down, but when you, when you go state by state, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> and right. I just don't, I, I can't, I, I, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I can't engage. I, I would, I've avoided engaging at anyway for, for the most part. But this, this goes to a conversation you and I, I think that was the appropriate time to have it. Like the conversation you and I had right before we started recording of a lack of my uh, my outlook on my ability to have societal trust moving forward is gone because mm-hmm. throughout this pandemic we have seen people cheerleading for their party and then their ideology that our national debt is more important than the deaths that are happening all around them and then explaining away the deaths saying that they're only happening to old people and it's because of comorbidities and well if you die from a heart attack while you have covid they just chalk it up to covid when when then you can go that's political people saying that who don't have an understanding of human body who then you can go to an expert who says like i am i am the person who does these autopsies and there's uh, causal factors or whatever. I forget all the terminology, but they're, they're saying like, basically, yeah, you, you may have had a heart condition, but your heart was doing fine. But then you got COVID, which exacerbated the heart condition and COVID caused you to have a heart attack. So yeah, you died at a heart attack because COVID made your heart go freak out. Right? Like, mm-hmm. so you died of COVID and the people choose to misinform themselves and others. And they, because of some ethereal ideology that the stock market must grow and our economy must flourish and we have to have unending, uninterrupted, exponential growth. And if not, part of our society can go and sacrifice themselves for it. And then we'll, we'll go and we'll look at, you know, Mayan culture and they'll go, oh, the they would march people to the top of a temple and smash their skull for an offering to the gods. It's like, that's what governor Reynolds is fucking doing in Iowa here. (laughs) Right? Like it's the same thing. It's the same fucking thing there. There is a choice that was made. It was made in January Mm -hmm. by president Trump and the Republicans to not do anything. And then they chose to go state by state, have lockdowns. We went on lockdown Everybody fucking complained about it. The federal government did nothing, right? So the lockdown period that we all went through was supposed to tamp, was supposed to stop the spread as much as possible while we did test and trace, while we'd go through and do all the things that a responsible government did, was supposed to do. None of that was done. And now I can't even rely on my neighbors to wear a mask mm-hmm. around myself and my family. And by neighbors, I am being very inclusive and being, you know, all the people that you would come in contact with on a daily basis. And I can't count on them to do simple things like not go to a bar and go drinking on Friday night and hanging out with friends in a in a bar like like simple things. And I don't know moving forward how I'm going to be able to raise my my daughter and my son with the same level of societal trust and that like there's an inherent, like 
that there is a goodness in people that shines through because that's tarnished. I don't want to say it's gone because I still believe that, but it's not, I don't, I just don't see it as an innate thing in society. Well, there, there's it's also a thing that has to be inspired in people. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily something that shines through like the, the greatest generation, right? The, the, the sacrifices made of people taking their pots and pans down to a, a, a steel dry or, or rationing or helping each other out or victory gardens or you know the society that was built in that time it is now very clear to me that that was inspired by leaders and leadership and a constant message and an ask of society to do something for each other or a greater good and it is not an innate thing built into people the way i thought that it was right like this american exceptionalism i truly brought it bought into that 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 there was something within people uh, growing up. I thought it was American people and I've grown into thinking it's all people, but now I, I can't, I can't quite tell where the, I draw the line between it's inspired and innate. But have, have you ever met that a, a guy or I guess it doesn't really have to be a guy. It could be a girl too, but anybody that when a uh, tornado warning siren goes off, um, just keeps sitting upstairs Cause I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll go out and look for it. And sometimes I'll go out but and look for different. it. That's different. But for the most part, when I hear the siren go off, I go, uh, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's time to, to get downstairs. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I'll get my kids downstairs. I'll get down. But if my kids are at daycare and I hear a tornado siren going off and typically by then, you know, it's coming, right? Yeah, like you've gotten you have updates on your phone and you like, I can see where the gust front is on my phone. I can see, oh, it's about, it's about a little bit North of me. And I, I've taken weather classes in college, and I found the tornadoes part really fascinating. It's so very I'm, fascinating. But for the moment, I, I can look for it on the thing. I can point like I think the tornado is going to show up here to here. But that warning is right. is a suggestion, though. It's like, hey, you know, right. we're we're seeing something on radar that's indicating that there's some rotation, which means there might be a tornado, or at the very least, there could be some really fucking strong winds, which we we experienced this year uh, in our neck of the woods. So it's probably a good idea you don't go outside, you don't get in your car. So that that is how I viewed this virus. Um, you have people around you that are contracting this virus. They're losing their sense of taste. They're losing their sense of smell. They're having flu symptoms. Some people are having to go to the hospital, going on respirators. Some people are dying. And then you have the person's like, eh, it's it's not that big of a deal. And that's how a lot of people I know personally have treated it. And people then also in turn, the other flip side of that is people that have contracted the virus that have gone through the virus, have experienced all the symptoms for, you know, the week and a half to two weeks, then jump back into society. And granted, I don't believe that they're contagious. According to the CDC, they are not supposed to be contagious. And yes, there's a pretty substantial study taking place right now that says that for the next three to six months, you should be fairly uh, uh, good in terms of having enough antibodies in your system to avoid getting the virus again. But we do have people mm -hmm. on record that have contracted the virus a second time. Mm -hmm. But there's this mentality of like, well, Sean, I've already got the virus, so why why do I have to wear a mask? And it, it's just, yeah, it, it's just it's everywhere. It's it's around, and I'm I'm, I'm th this level of um this 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 I, that's that's why I, I equated it to a tornado siren if. 
It's a suggestion by the state and the city to you saying, hey, there's some danger coming your way. And here's our suggestion, which is get back in your house. And if you have a basement, get down there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 literally seeing that playing out now with a virus. And I'm I'll, there's a lot of people just going, meh, I'm good. No, thanks. My body, my choice. Yeah. I don't I don't want to wear a mask. But in the you tornado can... analogy, in the tornado analogy. It would be like if the ter- tornado invisibly came up and then yeah. picked you up and smashed you into it, 50 of your neighbors. It's, it's literally worse <laughs> For, than a tornado. At least with a tornado, yeah. you have a good, right. good idea. It's coming. This is even worse. Right. Where it just creeps if you, if I want to be dumb and go out and look for the tornado. Yeah, it's like, kind of on you. Okay, but... I, it's on me. And the, the ramifications will come only to but, me. But you're but literally citing this example of like, you have made a choice and I've made a choice not to go to bars and restaurants. And if I do go to a restaurant, it's, right. it's a new curbside pickup. That's it. I was at a restaurant uh, a couple days after Thanksgiving. That place was fucking packed. And I was there and I was one of like yeah. three cars doing curbside pickup. And I was I was observing people leaving the restaurant. And I would say 70% of them were not wearing a mask. And, yeah, it, and, it's, it, and it's just... And I, I know that there are restaurants that have made the effort inside the building to social distance people. And I and I, I commend them for at least trying that much. But it's not helping. And and it, no. it just I, I just don't understand how a grown adult can have a suggestion given to them said, hey, can you just not do this for a little bit? And their first response is go fuck yourself. My body, my choice. I do what I want. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just it's just selfish and it's it's just fucking rude and it 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 makes me it's going to kind of what you were just saying of like i feel like i'm doing my part and i'm seeing a bunch of dumb fucks around me that are not right making any effort whatsoever and i'm just like what is good and, and they I'm look at me like i'm societal i'm making this societal sacrifice and i'm not my sacrifice yeah for not for me right for the vulnerable vulnerable populations around me. Sure. Because statistically speaking, I have a vanishingly small... Like, it has been safer for me to not travel as much as I have been because of the inherent dangers of me driving places, right? Like, there's just a, a large... Comparatively speaking, for my fatality issues with COVID, much safer for me to be at home. So this has actually been double safe for me because I'm not traveling as much. But anyway, sure. the... I don't I haven't been quarantining because I don't want to be a vector or have been quarantining because I don't want to be a vector for spread that causes other people that harm, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the that's what I can do. I can take my family and myself out of the cesspool that would be spreading the fucking virus. And I don't I I'm I'm just struggling right now with how to move forward. Yeah. And and trust that when this happens again or when something happens that we can't predict or and and there's a trial for us as a, as a society to go through i know now that i cannot rely on my neighbors to necessarily respond in the way that is nece- like to yeah. in the way that is required for us as a society to pull through this yeah and it's it's a sad 
heartbreaking feeling. And I, I have, I don't know that I have the words to adequately express the angst that I feel yeah. for the veil being pulled back from my eyes for what society really is. Yeah. I feel right? pretty, I feel pretty numb to it these days, which it's not a good feeling to, to just have this like sense of almost like giving up, like why, you know, not, not that I'm going to just start going to bars and restaurants and stuff, but kind of just like, well, the, the, nothing's changing. Nothing's getting better. People are still making the same mistakes. So I guess I just have to sit and watch the city burn at this point and there's nothing I can do about it. And it sucks to say that, but that's kind of where, at least in this state, that's how, that's how I feel where we're yeah, at. I'm, I'm feeling like there is a vanishingly small amount of individual action that I can take to correct the situation as it in, is now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm saying that because I'm never going to give up hope that there's something that I or we could be doing to help correct this or to make some small dent in this in my in our own way. And we're going to continue to stay home. We're going to continue to do those things. And I'm going to get vaccinated when it comes up. Uh, um, if Dr. Fauci says it's safe, you know, people I trust that. That I still think that there is that impact we can all play. It's just that I can't rely on society as a whole to pull the same direction mm -hmm. because the people choosing to want to go out there and exercise their freedoms and, and, and do that damage, their impact is going to be far more damaging than the mending that my impact could provide. It sucks. So that's, and that's where we're at folks. <laughs> It's just two dudes I, from Iowa that are just like, well, <laughs> I do. Yeah. And, and I see what you mean by like, sit back and watch the city burn. Right. Cause I, I'm, I'm part of me is there too, uh -huh. where it's like, we're at this point and I'm doing everything I can, but, but like these people who are going to go out to bars and going to go out and drink and going to go, you know, sit in front of Thanksgiving dinner and their family, extended family and their cousins and their uncles and aunts and their kids and a Trump flag. Like we both had access to the same information, but it's still my duty to do what I can to everybody to just stay home. Right. Sure. And I'm thank I'm, I'm, sure. I'm in a position where I can, I'm in a position where like, you know, I've, I've, through work, I've earned some time at home. Uh, I'm still gonna in sales. I'm still gonna hit my number uh, working from home. It's not. I'm not gonna blow it out of the water like I do every year, but I'm still gonna hit my number, and I'll be fine. Like I'm in a position where that is the the case for me, and I feel for everybody who is not. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck, I know. Um, but you know, and there's a small amount of guilt that I feel that I'm not sharing the same burden in some way um, or that I'm able to do this and others aren't. Um, so I don't know how to rectify that in my head yet, but mm -hmm. um, anyway, I guess enough on the preaching here, but if I can, I'll offer you one, one thing that I think like, one of the things I've experienced over the last couple of weeks, that's made me feel pretty hopeful. What's that? The I've, I have joined um, some progressive groups within Iowa. Um, one of them is the Iowa, um, uh, progressive caucus within the Democratic Party. Okay. And in a goal of like, okay, I'm, I have my ideology and it's, I don't typically see myself as a Democrat, 
and I don't see myself as a Democrat. I am registered Democrat of the two parties. That's the, you know, the closest to my ideology. And there's a group within that party, the uh, Democratic Party, uh, the Progressive Caucus, both in Lynn County, which I've joined, and the state that I've joined. And they are working on building a solidarity network outside of individual candidates. So one of the critiques that people have been having, both in nationally and in Iowa, was that a candidacy would pop up that, and an apparatus built around a person. And like Bernie, right? So the apparatus would come up and be built around Bernie and then Bernie drops out and it you like it would sort of devolve dissolve or around Obama. Like Obama had one of the largest operations that's ever been created for the Democratic Party, especially up, up to that point. And grassroots movement, he united all kinds of groups within the party. And then when he gained the presidency, he dismantled Obama for America. And that structure, had it had it endured, could have been used to create some power that would then be would pull candidates to it. And that structure would um, have some kind of sticking power. And you would feel like like for me, I'm going to have a bit of a affinity for the Democratic, the the progressive caucus, right? So I'm pushing for the progressive caucus and I'm going to exercise my political will through this caucus. Mm -hmm. And then a candidate will come up and then we as a caucus will support them and there'll be this kind of ready-made coalition built to signal boost a movement or signal boost a policy like Green New Deal, Medicare for All, you know, environmental justice, housing justice, things like that, that that then candidates are spun out of that movement rather than um, a movement trying to shoehorn itself into a candidate's view or a candidate trying to co-opt the movement or, or nothing happening and then a candidate building it themselves, right? So you're not starting from zero every time. And I'm, I'm pleased that there's an organization that is easy for me to engage with that is trying to build that power around the movements here in Iowa uh, that matter to Iowans, not, not some national, uh, you know, bunch of career polit you know, political dum-dums yeah. who want to come and spend money in Iowa because they get a percentage of the ad spend or whatever, you know, on behalf of a candidate who raised a shitload of money. I'm talking about Iowans who are working on behalf of other Iowans yeah. to make their lives better and to reach out to their neighbors to get them on board with a, an ideology or to get them on board with understanding what's going on. And that movement is happening. It's like the opposite that, of the corporatist uh, candidates you'll see uh, right. in the state where they'll all of a sudden have hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, pumping into their campaign. You're like, well, why are they doing right. this? And then, oh, and then you find out, oh, the the Koch brothers have showed up here and, and right. pumped pump some money into that campaign. And that's why they're saying that and, out loud at their campaign. And stuff. you've and you've seen this sort of work time and again, but it's all it's the the candidate builds a movement and they specifically build a movement that can last and endure beyond them. Like AOC has done it uh, in New York. Cori Bush has done it in St. Louis. Um, Ilhan and Rashida Tlaib have done it. Like Jamal Bowman has done it. 
there are people and countless others that are trying to build communities that once they've gotten their spot in their office, that apparatus they built can go and move forward with fixing community problems, right? And and we can do it the other way around too. We can build an apparatus that goes and starts working on engaging communities to build and fix community problems. And then from that, you you identify leaders and spin them out and like not spin them out, but you, you identify leaders and you coach them and build them into someone that can run for office. And, you know, we, we spoke to Councilwoman Van Orney, Ashley Van Orney, and there's no reason that the progressive caucus like couldn't put somebody on the Des Moines city council or the Des Moines, you know, mayor or this uh, position or that position that can support them and propel them into a position where then they can get the experience that she's getting or that the, a mayor would get or uh, something that would uh, start building that experience and watch that, watch them grow from that, from a grassroots movement. And so um, if anybody's feeling the same kind of political despair watching what's going on, there are groups and movements that are happening near you. I don't know what it is, um, but they're open. They need people and whatever skills you have to bring to the table, even if it's just, I can go and knock on people's door and wear a t-shirt or a hat or, you know, a clipboard and say, I'm here because of such and such a reason. I'd like to talk to you about it, you, you know, or whatever thing that you're good at or want to do, there's, there's work needs doing, um, and you can engage with it and start making your community a better place outside of the political um, machines of your, you know, your county or your city or your state. And so. sometimes people take notice because I just put something up on the screen here on our Discord about uh, Abby Finkenhauer, who lost uh, to Ashley Henson a few weeks ago, but is now being considered for Joe Biden's uh, cabinet as a labor secretary, which would be. I mean, she's Abby's 31. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be pretty. I, I, I don't recall labor secretary uh, a lot of posts in cabinets that uh, with people that uh, would, would be considered th that young of an age. Mm -hmm. And she obviously she has experience in Congress. So, I mean, that it's not like she's just some of that. They're just plucking out of nowhere. But mm -hmm. um, I thought that was interesting to see that in the news this week um, that she's being considered. She lost to. Ashley Henson, uh, unfortunately, was a little so. Well, I, I, I was. I'll be honest with you. I was very surprised she lost Ashley Henson. But then, I was too. But then, when you know, when you look at kind of how the state went though this this year, it's not overly yeah. surprising uh, with how how right leaning everybody was around here. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was. I wanted to bring that up. I, I kind of had that as like a, a small little, uh, small little blurb. Yeah, I, I hope you know. I I don't. I don't really have a particular feeling mainly because I, I don't know where who floated this and I don't have a particularly strong feeling of affinity for, for rep representative Finkenauer that labor secretary would by, by personal leanings would be, you get a union member, <laughs> you get like yeah, a, yeah, saying, you but... get a union, you get a union, uh, uh, the president of a union come in and, uh, fight back and not necessarily but 
because Bernie Sanders no. was was considered, I think, at one point for this position, too. Um, yes. But I know Joe Biden said recently that he wants to keep people like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren in the Senate because he thinks they can do more for him in the Senate than they could in his cabinet. Um, so we'll see kind of how that plays out, obviously. Yeah, he doesn't want any progressives in his cabinet. Well, I mean, that, that's why I've, I've, I've made the joke. I mean, the, the Democratic Party today is is diet republican man uh it, j- it just is and yeah. and this if you're this idea that they're because i mean if, if you listen to what sean just said sean used the, the word progressive for a reason because that is not a very popular term uh in this party if you describe yourself as a progressive in the democratic party and you're running for office um, especially if you're running for president, that doesn't go over very well. I mean, you saw that with a lot of candidates yeah. that were running for president that openly described themselves as a progressive. And that just does, does not get the reception that I think um, people assume. I mean, if you live in Twitter world and you're on woke Twitter every day, you that's that's progressive palace uh, is Twitter um, right now. But in the in the scheme of things, when it comes to national politics, it just doesn't play well. Um it, the the paradigm hasn't shifted enough. No, right. Not at all. So the when I talk about MMT and deficits don't matter, the the American uh, debt is simply a savings account for rich people. That makes people's <laughs> heads fucking explode. Right? Oh yeah, it does. Because like if you look at it, like America prints dollars. We have American debt, so we don't technically need buy your money we don't need to borrow money because we make the money so the only reason that we borrow money is to give a stable return on investment for people to park their money and get a return so or you can you know put in a treasuries and save it uh or you can use it as a trade it on the secondary market blah 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 but the that makes people's heads explode that you're like, Oh no, this is the way it is. And our debt, like, Oh fuck, we got to tax the shit out of some people to pay for our debt. And you're like, no, <laughs> you can just print the money. Well, you can't just go print money forever. Well, no, you can't. You got to watch for inflation. Yeah. But, but like, like those type of that mentality shift that we operate on or a state bank, like, Oh, the state can't run a bank. Well, why not? It's like, well, <laughs> why can't the state run a fucking it bank? Kinda, kinda like, you let, a little bit. Yeah. You let, corrupt you let corrupt bankers run banks and give money to isis and wander money for cartels but a state bank would be democratically run and which you're giving money to your fucking neighbor yeah. at low interest rates right it's a state bank who's who's supposed to be building infrastructure within the state not taking money out of your state sucking it out of suburbs sucking it out of rural iowa and giving it to some asshole in new york to go bet on tesla stock right like that that blows people's minds and there, there is an unwillingness to change that I view the progressive party is trying to push bounds in the, and it's not on behalf of s- special interests. It's on behalf of our neighbors. It's on behalf of human beings and people. And with a capitalist society, the focus being on human beings and people is weird because we're supposed to be focused on profits and GDP and stock market. That's the incentives of that capitalist system. Mm -hmm. And there's a prosperity that comes out of being the richest country in the world, but it's not equally shared and it's increasingly being stolen from us. 
And and that doesn't go over well within the broader Democratic Party. And speaking of diet Republican, we're in the process of transitioning to president elect Joe Biden in the next few weeks. Although um, <laughs> what a good transition. Good job. <laughs> thank you. I, I've, I've done this before. Um, the, I don't know if you've been, I, every time I see something, I, t- I tell you, I, I put it in my Google notes cause I'm just like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta hear what Sean has to say about this. But I've been, I've been monitoring the, 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 the two sides. So there's the, there's the side of of the Joe Biden side of like, okay, we're ready to transition. We're ready to start getting some intel. We're starting to announce some cabinet members. And then you <laughs> then you have the president who is in the White House who is claiming that this is this election is a fraud. Um, we have proof of this, although I, I I've listened to like Tim Pool, Stephen Crowder, uh, you name it on YouTube. I on purposely will sit there and listen to them for like 45 minutes to an hour. I'm like, make your fucking case, man. And these guys are t- absolutely awful at making their case. And and they're constantly citing uh, Sidney Powell is her name, um, who, who, who the Trump administration is now distancing itself from. Um, and, and there's just no, no, not distancing. They have done it. They said that she was never a part of their right. legal strategy. That's right. That's yeah, right. Like, but the, she's just a crazy lady up there screaming into a microphone. The the biggest issue I have, and I'm I'm bringing up an article here uh, from uh, from Bloomberg, uh, is that uh, William Barr, our our Attorney General, basically came out and said that there is no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome, and that still is not enough for your Trump voter or people that are vehemently backing the president, and they and they just. You, you can't talk. First, first of all, you can't have a conversation with these people. So, so don't even attempt to because it's it's you're not. You can obviously listen to them, hear what they're saying. Um, But when people within that own administration are saying, "Listen, um, it's just not going to happen," and and you can, and I I don't, I don't know if you saw any of what Trump did. He had this like forty five minute speech where he was citing things that someone. I, I wish I could give credit to the website. There was a website that went through every single thing that he mentioned. And they literally, they broke down how all of it was incorrect. And it, it mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's, it goes back to what you said earlier on the podcast about how these people have access to the same information that you have access to, but they choose to ignore it. And you can't, you can't engage with someone like that, that just, uh, that just chooses to blatantly ignore information. Uh, New Gingrich is, is apparently pleading with Republicans. This is an article uh, from the Daily Mail that said he's pleading with oh. Republicans to ignore Trump allies, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, who are basically, I don't know if you, if, if you saw this story, Sean, they're, they're demanding a boycott yes. of the Senate runoffs, which could then yes. cost Republicans two seats in the Senate. Oh my God, that would be so delicious. I mean, imagine like, if, they're going have... to, if they're going to cost their own party two seats because of this outrage that they're, that they're publicly displaying uh, you retweeted last night the the drunk blonde lady that well I don't know if she was drunk but she sounded drunk. It was in <laughs> right. was it was it in Michigan? I think it, so. She it, was just yelling at like the local guy. She was part oh. of Rudy Giuliani's like table, and I guess her she has a background. She's in, their local like expert witness yeah, or expert it, yeah, and so she signed an affidavit saying that she saw all these like irregularities. Yeah, but and, like. You go and read some of these accounts of the irregularities, and it was like I saw a guy with a pen, 
in or he wouldn't let me read the ballot. Well, that's because you were sitting there with a fucking camera trying to take pictures of the people who voted. <laughs> like like the 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 whole story when you read about all these stories and there's been like four I I can't remember how many. I think up, up by now it's up to 40 Trump lawsuits and he's won one of them. I think one of them. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. And w- the one that he won was like a trivial thing of like, you have to count these, you know, you have six days to count these votes, not nine days. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that was the one that he won. And there is at every turn, he's got these shitty lawyers. And by shitty, I mean like the good, I mean, they're shitty because the good ones were like, I can't, there's nothing here. I can't do it. And then he's raising a fuckload of money off of this. I wanted to, now I'm glad you brought that up. So, I wanted to bring this up on the last podcast. We just didn't get to it. Um, Frank Lutz brought up this way back on November 10th, and I kept the tweet, and I'm I'm putting it up on the screen now, basically showing that the Trump campaign, this was back on November 9th, that they had sent 23 emails seeking donations with messages like mysterious ballots and stop counting illegal ballots in their email marketing. And the print also said 60% of their donations, if you were to donate to this election defense task force, would go to the retirement of general election debt, which, mm. according to, to this other tweet, suggested debt and no incentive to concede until it's essentially retired. So what Frank Luntz was pointing out was that they're essentially fundraising off of, uh, you know, nothing with any proof behind it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the official total I, I saw today, I'm going to put this up, $170 million has been raised by Donald Trump's administration since Election Day by by starting this defense fund, which he can then use to pay for personal expenses that because I, I don't know if people are aware of this, Sean, but presidents get bills when they leave the White House. Mm-hmm. And yes, you do get a salary when you're in the White House. But I remember uh, George W. Bush talking about this in a documentary about how he got this this bill uh, from the last eight years that he was there. And it was he said, imagine you received a series of invoices that you never approved yourself that then just show up. And he goes, I had to go through this invoice and essentially try to remember decisions that I signed off on back in like 2000, 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. And it, the obviously, you know, when when and, and he and he was like, you know, a chunk of this went towards my reelection campaign. So that that's that's he said, obviously, I, I could figure that out. But but you get a pretty large bill when, when you're in that in that institution and this and I granted, I, I, I can't I can't, you know, blow smoke up people's ass listening to this. Joe Biden and, and uh, Kamala Harris are doing this right now, too. They're, yeah. they've 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 started the Biden Harris transition fund where they're encouraging they're people like half, they're sitting on like a half a billion dollars. Yeah. And people or no, are a quarter do- billion. It was like two hundred and fifty million dollars. And people are donating to them, too. And it's like, yeah. this is so fucking gross. Like, this is the gross aspect of our politics in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic are, are begging for money from yeah. people who need it and uh, convincing them that this is this is necessary. Mm-hmm. It's not like what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Emily Miller was the I think Emily Miller, maybe uh, the GSA. She signed off on it. She, they're getting their GSA transition money. But also they had a fuckload of money that they were sitting on at the end of the 
at the end of the the cycle at the end of the campaign so weird and trump trump uh is gonna get 75 percent of that money is gonna go into his super PAC. uh-huh so and he can use it for future runs so right now he's just building up money he's not spending it like and then oh, i forget what it, it was like their five thousand first dollar so if you donated five thousand dollars even 75 percent of that went to uh trump's super PAC. 25 percent of it went to uh retiring campaign debt and then one percent like the five thousand and first dollar went to the fighting the illegal votes you know three ring circus did you so, see the article of the guy that that donated like 2.5 million dollars to the the this election defense fund thing and now he wants it all back because he realized no. i forget his name i i should i should google this while we're talking about it um i'm gonna type in i haven't heard it but it doesn't surprise me like so here it is it's a trump supporter who gave 2.5 million dollars to fight election fraud wants money back this is businessman frederick eiselman um, he's actually suing pro-Trump ethic uh, election ethics group, citing disappointing results of effort to expose cheating. He <laughs> donated $2.5 million to help that team expose and prosecute claims of fraud in the presidential election, now wants his money back after what he called disappointing results. He's a businessman from North Carolina who said he gave money to the True the Vote, a pro-Trump election ethics group in Texas, that promised to file lawsuits in seven swing states as part of its push to investigate, litigate, and expose suspected illegal ballot and fraud in the 2020 general election. This is from uh, The Guardian if you want to look up the article. But, like, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Listen, pitching you, about they, they have They elected a fucking huckster yeah. into the presidency. Like, what do you think? He's, he's running a fucking grift. He <laughs> has been since he started running a fucking grift. He didn't even plan on winning. He was just going to fuck around for a while and then start his own Trump, you know, news company. And then, whoopsies, he became president. <laughs> Oopsie and poopsie, then, yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah. And then he was, his kids were cashing in on it. They still are. He was cashing in on it. He's been taking mm -hmm. trips to his resorts. Have you heard the latest they, theory about what, what might, might be going down on Inauguration Day? Uh, I've heard that he want like, they might, he might resign Trump or a pencil pardon him that's the only thing well th there's the whole pardon uh theory too but the other theory is that he's going to be holding uh like a 2024 election kickoff oh, ceremony yes. like at the exact yes, same time that. so it's almost like he's gonna of course he will it'll be fucking petty as shit oh of yeah course. he's gonna try to he's sabotage the not, not that like you know these news organizations are going to pull away from the inauguration by any means but they'll definitely he knows that they're going to cover a a as much as I hear his supporters tout how bad the media is, there has been no one better that has used the media to his advantage than, than Donald Trump. And he knows the media will cover everything he does. And so he'll tell you that the media lies to you. And he'll tell yeah. you that they're not telling you the truth and that I'm the one that's telling you the truth. Trust me, don't listen to the media. But then he'll have people call the same media to show up and congregate and cover his events because he knows without that, you can't spread the word. Now, yes, you can tweet things out and you can post stuff on YouTube and yes, you can still reach an audience, but there's nothing like having multiple media organizations from across the world, cover your events. And he knows 
that that can be used to his advantage. And apparently that's what he might be doing on inauguration day is holding his 2024 election kickoff ceremony um, to, to basically officially announce it, even though we know there's a lot of people that are, that are saying, you know, he, even if he does do this, that there's going to be a lot of Republicans that just kind of go, I mean, obviously like Ted Cruz is going to be there licking his boots like usual, but, um, but a lot, but a lot of Ted Cruz's favorite pastime, it's his favorite pastime, but there's, there's a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of articles about a lot of people in DC that might have to make that, that, that tough decision, whether, you know what, I don't think we should be, we should be back in this dude a second time because we went through it. We stuck with him. He lost. And if we back him again and he loses again, Ooh, that's going to be even harder to come back from than just maybe tossing your support to, you know, another candidate um, that, that might come up in the ranks or something. Cause there's, I mean, God, as, as boring as that Republican, you know, bracket was in 2016, you got to think that they'll come up with someone a little bit better uh, in, in this next election than, than compared to fucking Donald Trump. And if they can't, then that party's in massive trouble. But like politics, politics shouldn't be a reality TV show, right? It shouldn't be a Trump style knockdown drag out fucking, you know, insult a fest. It should be a differentiation of policy arguments and an explanation to people of what government can do for them and what they're going to be asked to do for their neighbors. And it's morphed over the years from a, a an outlining of your policy to, I just don't want to be offensive and I will dig up dirt on my opponent to drag them through the mud, right? I don't want to talk about what I believe. I want to be able to shake the etch a sketch and, uh, and move on when, when it's time. Right. And I can do what I want. It is, it is, people wielding power to advance themselves not people asking for the power of not not candidates asking for the people to vest their power in them to advance specific goals right sure like you see the difference and and that's what trump has accelerated to he was he is the natural point of evolution of our system as it was you know, ramping up into Sarah Palin was right on that fucking curve. Right. And then now Trump, it, it is a natural evolution for him to be who he is. And then for people on the flip side to say, well, the only person who can run against him is a celebrity like Dwayne Johnson or Oprah or, yeah, you know, and, and I'm concerned that next go around, it's going to be, you know, some fucking, uh, celebrity on the other side, or they're trying to push. You know, it'll be the celebrity or Donald Trump, Dean Kane versus, or something. <laughs> yeah, like, but honestly, like Trump is a pretty unique, unique dude. And while I hate him, I can recognize that he's extremely good at bending the media to his will. Oh yeah, he's extremely good at at changing this news cycle. He he's he had a, he, people don't remember within like thirty six hours. He had the entire news cycle for the grab him by the pussy video. Mm-hmm. It was gone. Yeah. Fucking gone. Like Obama went to a, a church with 
Jeremiah Wright like a couple times. And it was like months of is he a secret communist? Is he does he did he go visit Fidel? Is he one of the Muslims they're trying to come He's to a mind. secret Muslim communist. Right. Right, like yeah. born in Africa. That's why they right? call. Like, that's why they have the uh, the nickname Teflon Don has stuck because he just he, he just shrugs it off, right? And I off. think I think that is unique, and I think that moving forward, when he's out of the picture, and the Republican, if a Republican tries to do what he did, they'll just be looked at as odious. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that they can. I don't think they can do the things that he can do. I don't think they have no. that skill. And I frankly don't think Democrats have that skill either. He is a unique person in our society that just doesn't give a fuck. Nope. He but sure doesn't. Thank God he wasn't more effective, right? Like if you had if you had President Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton, holy shit, would they be worse? I mean, like, they would enact some extremely terrible things. They wouldn't say the stupid shit that he does, right? But the things that they would enact would be god-awful and terrible. So. Well, I wanted to, I was going to bring up a couple articles, but, I mean, it, it kind of just reiterates some of the stuff we were already talking about. Like, the Washington Post did an article uh, this week that was titled that it's already too late for Trump, and they uh, this was by Philip Bump, and he was basically pointing out um, that even though Trump had that, like, 45-minute recorded speech uh, from the White House this week, that he was, you know, just basically insisting that, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to win this election, we're going to certify the mm-hmm. correct winner, and blah, 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 and... As, as he was speaking in this article cites five of the six states that he was bringing up, which was Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. They not only certified results, but transmitted the formal certificates uh, to the National Archives with the state's governor's seal on it. So that's done. Like you're not you're not going to flip those right. states like it's over. So it's it's done. He knows it's done. But he's he has started this now. This this beginning is. I, I, I forget who, who described, I think it was, um, I forgot, I want to say it was Andrew something, I forget his name, um, basically describing that we're now witnessing the the kickoff of his election campaign now, re- yeah. his attempts to be reelected. Um, yeah. And you saw that inside the White House this week when he was surrounded by the Christmas tree saying, hey, we really wanted to be here for another four years, but we'll try to come back here in four years. And, and he's the language that he's using is, is very similar to that. Um, there was a uh but, but there, there on was, that one yeah, yeah. The, like the his public refusal to concede this election is yielding his people to go into ever more desperate lengths to try and save it for him they he is still insisting it's being stolen the mail is still or not the mail the the media is allowing people to come on and still insist it's being stolen well it's funny and you said that cuz usa fights. today had that article that basically quoted him where he said he would definitely leave well, I'm sorry he said he would certainly leave the white house once the electoral college votes for biden were essentially confirmed and he reiterated right. that basically saying that the only way joe biden enters this white house and sits in my chair is is if he can prove his in his words ridiculous eighty million votes. That's that's the new by the way the new narrative. If you watched um, any of his recent mm-hmm. comments, he he is he is now setting the new narrative that there's absolutely positively no way that this man Joe Biden received uh, eighty million votes, and that the only way you could receive that many votes um, w- is because it was fraudulent, it was illegal, 
Um, it doesn't make sense. Why would I have all these people showing up to my events and there would only be seven people? Now, granted, Biden was holding these, you know, very secluded events, you know, where you had to get media permission to be there. Everything was socially distanced. But and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with the, I'm not trying to tell convince people that are listening to this that I thought Joe Biden was popular. I, I had multiple conversations on this show about how I didn't even understand how we arrived at Joe Biden as the candidate. Yeah. Um, he's just, yeah, he's just, everybody hates Donald Trump. That's exactly what it is. And, and this, this idea that, that they can't understand that their candidate was so hateable that he could lose to a dude that has borderline Alzheimer's eating an ice cream cone, wearing aviators could be, it's, it's just so, and, and then the other flip side is I'm seeing the, the religious side of this, the, the religious commentators, the, the, the vocal pastors and the, the religious community just absolutely refusing to accept the result of this election. They're saying the media does not decide this election. And then you've had a lot of Tommy Lauren impersonators pop up all of a sudden on Facebook and Twitter where they're, they're talking really fast because they don't have to use a, an ad lib because I can just, oh. I can just say what I want because I can talk really fast. Right. And if I say facts and have it, it's just, you know, that kind of a thing, that delivery, that, that Tommy Lauren delivery. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that. It's a lot of women wearing the make America great again hats and they're talking really fast and they're trying to toss stuff at you. And they just say that the media doesn't decide this, Sean, the media doesn't decide this. And it's just, they've, they've, they've spun into this, like, okay, we're not accepting this, but mm-hmm. the, it's, it's got, it's gotten to a point though, that like in, in Georgia, the election, one of the election officials had to come out and say like, this is enough. Actually, the have president that. is the president is causing that. Yeah, so this guy. Yeah, I don't know what his I don't know what his his name is. I'm sorry. His but. name is uh, Gabriel Sterling. He's actually also yes. a Republican, yeah. by the way. Just so you know, this mm-hmm. is a Republican. And Coulter called him a fruitcake because he said this. But uh, <laughs> fuck her. I had to bring I, up like, Coulter. But you said that you were following her, and I was like, fuck, she's odious. After this is done, I'm gonna have to talk to Adam about. No, like, because and I I, I objectively I, I I object to I that know. because I I have to see this stuff. And this idea I that I, th- this idea I that I just I have to shelter my stuff from the because because I'll, I'll no, be no, honest not shelter. You. I just feel like there could be better people that you would follow to actually no, but get like, a conservative viewpoint. But I guess she is the she is a Republican. She is like one of the yeah, top Republicans. She is as far as the mindset driver. And, I, and you know what? I, ha- I have to give her credit where credit is due. She was on real time with Bill Maher. And this was 2015 uh, ish, I want to say. And they were having a conversation about, OK, there's no way Donald Trump becomes the nominee. So who's going to get the nomination? And she said, it's going to be Donald Trump. And everybody in the audience laughed at her. Bill mm-hmm. Maher laughed at her. The panelists laughed at her. And she's like, I'm being dead serious. They're going to nominate Donald Trump. And he has a really good shot at winning because this 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 atmosphere we're in now is absolutely perfect for a candidate like him. Like him. Yeah. And she yeah. was right. And she was absolutely right. I don't agree with her politics most of the time. I don't agree with a lot of her hot takes. I don't agree that this guy's a fruitcake because he's saying that it's absolutely stupid that people are getting death threats. Um, and again, I, I know what she's she's saying it in a very poor way that if you take on a job like this, you shouldn't complain. I know what she's trying to say, but of course she has to ramp it up because she knows if she uses the word fruitcake, it's going to piss everybody off on Twitter. So she knows what she's doing, obviously. Um, she's written books basically trolling you know, progressives for, for decades now. So she's not a dummy, right. but, um, but no, I, and I've, I've had the same, I had a similar conversation when I was at a, 
met up with a friend of mine. I think it was in 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. Uh, it was a work function in Las Vegas, and we're chatting. And somebody goes, ah, Sean's a Bernie supporter. And I was like, and I, I, I she said something. And I was like, oh, are you a Bernie supporter too? And she goes, no, Donald Trump. And I laughed at her in her face. And she <laughs> was like, Donald fucking Trump? Seriously? And she's like, yeah, I think he's going to win. I was like, you're fucking insane. She walked away. I told my friend, like, I think she's fucking insane. She's my friend, but she's fucking insane. Yeah. Lo and behold, I had to eat my whole pie of crow. You know? Yep. We can listen to it, too, if you want to, by the way. We uploaded an audio from our show that night with Sean having to yeah, accept. Eat that crow. Yeah, eat that crow. But th- th- this is a long clip, so we don't have to play the whole thing. But I, I he so was. It start off. Let's start off. I mean, people, if you haven't heard it, yeah. um, this has been all over uh the the twitters and the the facebooks has, uh, like, 10, i don't know about facebook but this this clip alone has over 10 million views on twitter so it's a little quiet so you'll have to turn up a little bit to listen to him but this is this is how we started the press conference it's all gone too far all of it joe degenova today asked for chris krebs a patriot who ran sissa to be shot a 20-something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it. It has to stop. Mr. President, you have not condemned these actions or this language. Senators, you have not condemned this language or these actions. Pause it there. So for, for context, Joe, Joe DeGeneva is Donald Trump's personal lawyer who will go on Fox News and OANN um, and spew shit. And he's exactly right that the president hasn't done anything to stop it. And I would argue he's done everything he could to stoke it. And then the bootlicking senators and Congress people and governors and, you know, Trump supporters within these state apparatus ha- have chosen to fan these flames that if they don't understand what's happening, should shut the fuck up. And if they do understand what's happening, it is a travesty that they're using their position to advance these lies and the the senators who are remaining silent like grassley like ernst are doing a disservice to everyone by allowing it to happen right it's never like i'm not concerned about the centrist ish you know air quotes centrist the the moderate republicans if you can call them that i'm concerned about their apathy and the their lack of willingness to stand up for something that will allow Trump and his cronies to pull something off. And we're lucky that he lost, you know, fucking seven states. Because it like if, if it came down to one, like in 2000, I don't know what they pull, right? Like, this is how far they're going, and it's blatant that they're losing. And now I'm worried that, like, next time, if it is close... What happens because it's clear to me that one party understands what the wielding of power is, and that's the Republican Party, and the other party is scared to 
attempt or be, they think it's uncouth to be seen wielding that power. Democrats. Yeah. Right. So when push comes to shove, the Democrats know, or I'm sorry, the Republicans seem to know that when they reach for, that's part of their character to reach for and wield power in any way they can. Even um, in this case, trying to corruptly overturn uh, a vote. Right. The bootlicking is the the fa- the fascinating thing to me. And I'm, I was going to, we don't, we don't have to play this clip if you don't want to listen to it, but I haven't heard it. So uh, Maria Bartiromo, I believe I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. her name correctly. She wasn't always on Fox News. She was on HLN, I think, for a long time, if I recall. I don't remember. Um, she's, she's gotten full bootlicker, though. But I, I used to see her like in the airport. I'd be in the airport and she'd be given the news. Um, and now she's on Fox oh, yeah. News. By the way, the, the Fox News calling the race officially for Joe Biden. Um, we've played many clips on here of, of Fox News kind of going, hey, I, I, you know, it, he won. So stop. But she landed this interview with the president and kind of backed him up. And she got absolutely rolled online for, for her comments where she was essentially supporting his comments. And, and Trump in this clip that will play um, it's not very long. It's like a minute. Um, he's claiming that there's absolutely positively no way that Joe Biden could have received more black votes than Barack Obama did. Um, which is what happened. Um, so he, here's the, here's the clip, and then this is the you'll get the bootlicking from uh, from Maria uh, on air. By the way, this is on national television. Even the mailman, look, the mailmen are carrying thousands of ballots back and forth, back and forth. There are many mailmen that are in big trouble right now for selling ballots, getting rid of ballots. This That's is the craziest true. thing you've ever seen. But uh, well, many ballots, me- many ballots with the name Trump on were thrown out. You've read that. They found ballots in a river with the name Trump on from the military. That's not true. They were signed, and they were. Was that a, that was a Project Veritas thing that was debunked, right? Yeah, it was. There were like a few ballots that were in a ditch, and they were like. Yeah, and then that 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 then equated yeah. that that happened like, nationally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It floating in a river. They found ballots under rocks that had the name Trump on. They were signed. They were signed with Trump. We won the election easily. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. I just said there's no way Joe Biden beat Barack Obama in the black communities of various cities. And then he did very badly compared to Obama in other cities throughout the United States. There's no way it happened. This This election was a fraud. It was a rigged election. This is disgusting, and we cannot allow America's election to be corrupted. We cannot. So you believe you can prove that the computers can circumvent any controls that are in place. And before we leave the subject of Durham, I feel like something happened in September. I don't know what happened, but we were all expecting Durham to come out and A.G. Barr to be aggressive. He told me back in June that mail-in ballots opened the floodgates of fraud. Why wasn't anything done about it? Why weren't there surveillance cameras to shoot what we know now to be trucks backing up ballots, uh, for example, in Michigan? So this is that, it, it stops there, but I'm sure there was more. But um, so again, th- this is on national television, on Fox News, they're, they're alleging. And they, that this is the same network that said, nope. <laughs> John Joe Biden won. Listen, and- you want to know you want to know why part of the reason that Don that the Biden got more votes than than Obama. It's because we've had the largest 
social movement in this country's history this last summer with Black Lives Matter protests around the country. You've had sustained violence in multiple U.S. cities on behalf of our our black neighbors that the police violence and societal violence inflicted upon them is something we're not going to stand for anymore. And that drove a massive spike in registrations to vote. That that's what drove that. And it wasn't necessarily that Joe Biden earned all those. It's because the manifestation of the force of a society of our society was Trump and chose to embody that manifestation of force. He used it as a political tool to be, to be the, the, well, the fucking president, right? The, to be the person, to be the embodiment of that ideology that they need to be put in their place, right? That protesters need to be smashed, that protests need to be smashed. That protesting is un-American, the right? Law, you're, you're talking the law and order stuff, right? Law and order shit. That that Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. Um, that the Patriot Prayer gr- groups are real patriots. That uh, Democratic-run cities are cesspools. Like all that shit, he chose to be the embodiment. And so when you have a massive massive uprising like that like i'm i'm fucking floored that people aren't putting two and two together <laughs> it's like, like you guys forgot what happened like two and a half three months ago four months ago it makes it like basically june june through september well it's as if they're just kind of coasting with the idea that covid didn't happen too um, right because he was going to get blamed for that i mean there's just there's just there's just way too much evidence to suggest that they just didn't do enough. And this idea that they did enough is just absolutely silly. And and then you, you add in the Black Lives Matter movement with that that you're talking about. It, it just, you know, it, it's it's not that surprising. I knew there was going to be a lot of people that were going to dig their heels in and they were going to be fucking bound and determined to vote for this guy again, because God damn it, we did it four years ago and we don't want this country to go backwards. We want it to go forwards. Um but didn't work out so well, didn't, didn't happen. And then, so of course the only logical explanation, Sean is fraud. They stole it. They stole it. Cause that's just, that's just be a monumental fuck up of epic proportions on like eight different fronts that did us in. I know definitely that they stole the election with that mediocre old white man who forgets where he is. And and I'm, I'm there with him. I I agree. Joe Biden's not a great candidate, but that, but that should then show you how bad of a candidate Donald Trump was that Joe Biden beat him. But it's just very, very simple logistics. It's not, it's not very hard to figure out. Um, I know you brought up uh, an article uh, from uh, Reuters about uh, the investigation of a, of a bribery for pardon scheme that I wanted to talk about with you. Did you also see the Michael Flynn thing about? Yes. Uh, oh, the Michael Flynn thing. About like, him calling for martial law uh, over the Trump election defeat. And then there was this nuts. great fucking tweet from uh, Mikhail Joliet on Twitter and he wrote uh, Republicans saying this wearing masks is fascism. healthcare is fascism. Sensible gun laws are fascism. And then he posed the question, well, what about declaring martial law to invalidate an election, which, you know, actually is, is fascism. And then he said, Republicans are like, nope, that's fine. That's that. That's totally cool. Yeah. 
And it was just a great example of the hypocrisy of, of what <clears throat> politics is, because that, that is the essence of what politics is, is hypocrisy. You can find yeah. hypocrisy among Democrats. Yeah. You can find hypocrisy among Republicans. Probably the, the biggest hypocrisy you'll find now uh, among Democrats is the nomination of, of what's uh, Neera Tandon is her name, I believe. Yeah, near What a fucking mess she is as a person. I mean, there's literally emails of hers that you can read that shows what a fucking warmonger she is. And people are just yeah. like, Yath Queen, let's get her in the cabinet. And and just it's it's again, people that are, that vote for Democrats to me are just as gross as people that vote for Republicans. And I'm and I I have to put myself unfortunately in that category because I voted for a Democrat and I it fucking disgusted me. But I knew that Donald Trump stunk so bad that I had to vote for a Democrat. But this this the 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 hypocrisy on both sides is just fucking gross. And 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 mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm watching it play out on my Twitter timeline every goddamn day, Sean. I'm watching these fucking dolts that are are anti-Trump. And then they're clapping for near fucking Tandon and all her bullshit. I'm <laughs> right, like, no, I'm like, like, where, no like, idea what, who like, she what is, is or what she represents. I know. And I'm like, where, what, what is going on? Like, it just I, I, I will in one breath agree with these people about Donald Trump and then I'll watch them fucking retweet these dolts. And I'm just like, what mm-hmm. am I what am I observing here? It's just and she she near to be to be fair to Joe Biden, which I'm not typically want to do. But I will be fair to Joe Biden. Again, what we go back to is she may have been floated by somebody outside of the campaign because she was real. She was real tight in the Hillary click. Right. She sure was. So and her basic job has seemed to like be to attempt to destroy the left in any way she possibly could. Um, and she's earned a lot of people's loyalty because she's done that work against people like me well not people like me but people on my end of the spectrum there are a lot of people who did, who have done like i shouldn't equate myself with them but they've done a lot of fucking work to advance leftist politics in in the democratic party apparatus and but uh of my ideological ilk right so one of them could have floated her, her name uh it's just been in the cycle because fuck she's a lightning rod <laughs> You you hold it up and watch a crebillion different people zap that fucker. You know what I mean? Like the it's easy. It's easy. She's not singularly awful, but Mm. if you are, if you have a strong position about something, she's had the opposite position. It seemed the problem. The problem is she was part of a think tank though, and and I I hate. I don't know if you if you've ever I've watched so many documentaries about think tanks. They're so fucking gross, and. They t- and the the think tank that she was in, they they took like I I think like millions and millions of dollars from like Wall Street and defense contractors, and they were literally like, they're like I I can show you the screenshot, Sean. It's from like 2011, of her literally lobbying to take oil from Libya to pay for bombs mm-hmm. to destroy the same country. Like it's like, how is this person disgusting? How can you have this evidence of this person and nominate this person? So, again, it's still in progress. So it hasn't officially happened. But how can that evidence exist out there? And she can even be remotely considered for that is amazing to me. I, I, I just I don't get it. And, this and- goes back. This goes back to my earlier discussion. So things like this think tank are people who typically jump from campaign to campaign. Yeah. But 
in the middle, like when it's a Republican presidency, there's no campaigning to be done. So you have to find a job. And so these people have think tanks that go out to corporations to get funding for their think tanks to do whether it's put on like a roundtable discussion and facilitate an exchange of ideas between government and industry or whatever it is like they're going to do it. Maybe a report, you know, a report that reinforces some ideology or basically a way to whitewash a corporation's, you know, uh, fucking goings on through a group that'll say like, well, let's just think about the ramifications of this. Well, we could bomb the fuck out of Libya, then we take could. their oil and charge them for the bombs. That's a thing we could do. Now let's talk to an executive at Raytheon about that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Exactly like exactly what it is. It's so gross. That, that kind of thing happens. And then once somebody spools up a centrist democratic candidacy and they win, that's where they go to. And then these, mm-hmm these think tanks empty out into government. That's where they kind of stash themselves in these think tanks that are run by corporations and goes back to the, the Iowa progressive caucus wanting to build a foundation for people to have like a grassroots movement to do that work. And at least in that little microcosm Hopefully one day they, like we, they, us, we won't have to rely on outside forces to come in and build a movement. We can just, it's already there, right? But these people, that's, near Tandon is the embodiment of those people who would come to Iowa. They'd go, hello, I'm here from New Jersey and I've got a, I've got a candidate from fucking New York. And we want to come and shove them down your throats, Iowan. So throw out a straw bale and give them a fucking pork chop on a stick. We're going to win your hearts. Yeah. Right. So fake. That That is the fakeness that we're talking about. That's the yeah. horse shit that we're talking about. Uh-huh. And we and need to see that fakeness like, in the Iowa State Fair every four years. And Exactly. So exactly. gross. I hate it. <laughs> Just listen, such... listen, if you're in a, it, like you're going to come to the Iowa State Fair, do everybody a solid and get a good lemonade. And a funnel cake, and with, fu- and with fuck off, please, because just fuck off. Just that's go, what that's what. Just, like I'll get whatever. Like I'll go out and I'll get whatever. But like everybody wants a funnel cake. Everybody wants a lemonade. They they all got to stand by the buttered cow and tell you how they. You know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I I grew up about two hours away from a farm shop. They all they all dial up that southern <laughs> dialect all of a sudden. Like right. fuck you. Like I remember going to the Iowa State Fair. And listening to Mike Huckabee start to dial up this like southern drawl, and I know he's from Arkansas. He's from Arkansas. So I was like, okay, I get it. But there's the, the the life in Arkansas is very different from life on a farm in Iowa. It's just not the same. And, and this fucking dummy was just up there trying to relate, relate, relate. And it was just like fucking talking point after talking point. And I, I just, I, at one point I, I audibly walked away and went, Ugh, like really loud. And I, I'm sure people heard me do it, but I was like, this is fucking gross. Like yeah. this, that, that is the one aspect of politics that I just really wish would just disappear. And, and that's, and again, we always bring it goes this, back. The, it goes back to like the, the people wanting to relate to you yeah. via some celebrity or be yeah. unoffensive or be your fucking friend. I don't, I don't care if you are my fucking friend. You're not like you're not going to call me from the White House. I want you to advance some fucking political ideology. I know I this idea that you have I want to you get in there. I don't give a fuck if you're the most odious asshole who's just 
always interrupting. Like I just interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, no, it's like, you're right. Like, though. You're like, if they're rude or if they say rude things or they like, I don't fucking care if I want to sit down and have a beer with the person. I fucking care that they're going to sign mm-hmm. Medicare for all. Exactly. I fucking care that in the middle of a pandemic, you're going to make sure Americans get a paycheck from the government and then their businesses are told we're, we're closing down to protect Americans. Sorry. Once we get this under control and we have tests and trace, we'll slowly start opening up to make sure it's safe for everybody. That's the plan. We're doing it. Here's the money. Like, like yeah, that's you're looking what for, I fucking want. You're looking for leadership. You're looking for someone yeah. who can lead. And, it, and you're right. You don't have to. Everyone f- fixates on that dumb fucking. I, well, I could have a beer with him or her. And it's like. That, I want that you to have a beer. I don't. I don't give a fuck. You want to have a beer with me? I don't give a shit. Yeah, that I don't has want nothing to, to do house. with it. it it's go it, vote for Medicare for all. It, it's it's a lot like when I when I hear someone tell me they're going to vote for somebody because they they're religious and that person's religious. I'm like, what the fuck does that have anything to do with them processing their job, their duty? Right. It has nothing to do with that. Well, it sure does, Adam. Because I'll tell you what it tells me. It tells me a little bit about their morals, and and I'm like, their morals don't fucking apply to Mike Pence. Wants to take away your wife's birth control, <sighs> your condoms, and yeah. doesn't want gay people to get yeah. married. Doesn't want you to abort that baby, but he'll like, tell you what yeah. your wife can shove up her cooter at the same time. Right. It's like, what the fuck is that? What is, like, it's such a weird, again, more hypocrisy that we're talking about in this episode. We could we could do a whole fucking episode on hypocrisy and politics. It's just, right. it's just so dumb. I'm just, uh, it's gross. I hate it. <laughs> it's, as you can tell. So, yeah. The, the. But going back to this this uh, bribery for pardons. Yes, I want to talk about that. Let's let's close let's close with that. Let's yeah, I I want to talk about this. It is exactly what was going to end with a Trump presidency. If anybody is surprised by this, I genuinely want to know where the fuck you've been for four years, for six years, right? Like, how how did you not see this coming? Of course, of course he's. he fucking commuted Rob Blagojevich's sentence. Who, Rob Blagojevich, if anybody doesn't know, was the governor of Illinois who, when President Obama was nominated and then became president, uh, the, the law in Illinois is the governor can appoint any vacancies. So he was on fucking phone, on a recorded phone line saying this is a valuable fucking thing we're gonna get a lot of money out of this and was gonna sell his senate seat and he went to jail for it yeah and trump commuted his sentence saying that's not fair of course he's gonna fucking sell some pardons like what are you talking and here's the thing he's done some questionable he's been he's done some pretty shitty shady pardons for his political allies right Mm -hmm. and that's within the purview of the president to do and he found the one thing that he can like, hey, you can pretty much give anybody a pardon for anything you want. And he went and pushed the line and like gave people a pardon or I'm sorry, the the. Of course, this was going to happen. He didn't necessarily the the there's an investigation and all we saw was one document uh, from the judge, you know, given direction to the Department of Justice in which they were. Uh, it was largely redacted, but like, of course, these are the people that he has in his orbit. It might not be Trump directly, but these are the people he's got in his orbit. Well, that's the allegation that the U.S. Justice Department, the the whole investigation right. is about funneling money to the White House in exchange for a pardon, essentially. And right. they've they've uh, there was like, who's surprised by this? No. Are you fucking surprised? It, like, it just it stinks because 
the, the I, I would actually be really fascinated to, to do a deep dive on, on presidential pardons. Cause I don't think that gets enough attention. Um, I think people are kind of aware of it, but they don't really know the, the full degree of what that means. And the, I, I know like right now there, there are people on, uh, you know, on the progressive, I, I guess you could say progressive Democrat, liberal, whatever that are saying, Hey, you know, if, if, if Trump could do one good fucking thing, why doesn't he pardon Edward Snowden right now? Because yeah. there was no fucking way Edward Snowden was going to get pardoned under Barack Obama's uh, presidency. Uh, right. His, his administration wanted to charge Edward Snowden with, uh, with the espionage act. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that that's one good thing Trump could do. And, and he has publicly said he would consider it um, and, and would look into it, you know, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if he has, but I hope he will. I hope he does. I, I would I would absolutely love the fact I would I would give the president uh, tons of accolades and, and praise the president if he was part of Edward Snowden. I won't praise him. I would absolutely just, praise him because that, that, that was the biggest that was the biggest that the the door that Edward Snowden opened, I don't think people realize what that fucking guy did and what he risked to to give that information. No, and, I, I I'm I'm not I'm not diminishing the necessity or the act, right? Sure. But what the, the my my only misgiving about giving Trump praise is he's not doing it out of like some you know, cosmic justice being no, but if, or, but if he know, did it though, cosmic I injustice being if, wrong, he's but, doing it to poke Barack Obama in the fucking eye. Sure. That's all. That's the only reason he'll do it. Is sure. To poke Barack Obama. In the and eye. that's, and that's total. That's a, that's a totally fair uh, assessment of, of what that is. But at the same time, I, I think it would be awesome if he did it. Uh, sure. Because, I, I, that's where I agree. I, it'd be great if he did it. I'm not going to thank him for it because he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, I'm not going to say like, Hey, you came to your senses. That was good of you. Well, I mean, the, 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 it was just absolutely not like he called me. It was just so gross what the Obama administration did with, with Snowden and, and, and just that's, that's a whole other podcast if we ever wanted to talk about that, but they, they, yeah, we, we should, but they have a, the Obama presidency, the Obama administration, prosecuted more whistleblowers than I think every other uh-huh. presidential administration combined. That is, that is the single reason why I refused to vote for him again in 2012. I mean, that was, that was the leading candidate yeah. of why I said, nah, can't do it. Um, I bought into the hope and change bullshit. And, and then I saw all that evidence come out and the Snowden stuff and pfft, I was out, I was done. Yeah. And it just, it, you know, I'm just one dude saying that, yeah. but I, I know a lot of people. I I remember I told you the, the our first episode sitting in a room with Barack Obama, specifically bringing up the Patriot Act and going, yeah. I have some serious, and this was pre Edward Snowden, and and going, I have, and I the reason I I cited my concerns was not because I had all this information that Edward Snowden had, I I had done some investigation on the Patriot Act because I was. Uh, almost arrested because of the Patriot Act because of a website at the time that I was working for. I was working for a gentleman that lived in Canada, but he was born in Lebanon. And he had been a resident, uh, a citizen of Canada for like 15, 16 years at that point. But mm-hmm. because he was sending me checks in the mail through the, the U.S. Postal Service that had uh, a Canadian, it was a Canadian check, but it had U.S. funds. I was then investigated 
by the by the FBI and I had to go to a local police department, actually the city of Marion. I had to sit in a room and I had to speak with a, uh, an, with two individuals from the FBI and then an, another, uh, uh, I forget what his name was. They, they didn't tell me a lot of names. Another person from the CIA because they were going to charge me under the Patriot Act for essentially accepting funds that they thought looked very suspicious. And, and when I broke down what I was doing, they felt really fucking dumb. But what, what, what scared me about that was that they didn't have the knowledge to know what I was doing. They just had the paper trail and just assumed that I was doing something wrong. Listen, so I, Agent I, White, Agent Brown, <laughs> yes, whatever I don't know were. why we're here today. Let me break it down what I'm doing. This Lebanese, nice Lebanese man in Canada is paying me to yeah. run a website yeah. in which people can buy and sell unregistered AKs, <laughs> plastique. I mean, it's out in the open. It's a hundred percent legal, and, they felt and really I don't dumb. understand your problem. They felt, really and I deliver dumb. them. I deliver it to them <laughs> in crates, in unmarked white vans. It looked. It sat, that had been that registered in my LLC. It would have been a lot cooler if it was like the Nicolas paperwork. Cage movie where he was smuggling guns and ammo and right. stuff. I mean, that would have been a lot right. cooler. But right. I'm like, guys, this is a pro wrestling. I literally took out a laptop and showed. Was them. it really a pro wrestling yes. site? And I go, I go, guys. This is how we make our money. I go, he he pays Did you me. guys even look at the website we were running? I, I, it's got I, his name all over it. What the fuck are you guys doing investigating? Well, this? I kind of looked at the guy from the CAA and I'm like, did you do any kind of research? And did you Google my fucking name? Like, did you put two and two together? Like what this was? You about? know who I am, sir. Well, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, I, th th this isn't like a like a, a crime ring or something. And I, I remember talking to Barack Obama about that and, and giving him that example. And him laughing, going like, wow. The, and and, and what, what struck me was he, he was surprised, but not surprised because he knew, I'm sure he at that point he had been in the Senate. He had been briefed on kind of how the invest, mm -hmm. the NSA kind of operates. I don't know to what, to what level. Obviously, he got the highest briefing possible as the president. But I remember going like, I don't know about you, Senator, but that fucking creeped me out that I had to sit in a police station talking to people from the FBI and the CIA and he goes, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, concerning. And it's, and, 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 and I, th I remember thinking like, I had this conversation with this guy, he's running for president at the time. I didn't think he was going to win, but I was like, at the very least I had a conversation with somebody in the Senate about the Patriot act. So I felt good about it. And then I had this, like when he won, I was like, Oh, he's gonna, he's going to fucking get rid of the Patriot. Cause I, cause if you remember, I don't know if you remember Sean, but he would campaign about yeah. how, there would be full transparency. They would be uh, abolishing the Patriot Act. Guess what that fucker did about a year in? Reinstituted the Patriot yeah. Act, kept that thing going. And I, I was just like, wow, like this, this fucking train is going to keep on rolling. And then Edward Snowden took a big shit on the desk and said, hey, everybody, look what they're doing. Just so you yep. know. So, yes, I, I, I know what you're saying. It, and then for, for those of you who don't, don't know, the program, the main program that Edward Snowden revealed was subsequently ruled unconstitutional yeah. by a series of judges. Just so it's now, been, like, like just been this year. Yeah. Just, yeah, this, just year. this year, a few months ago, it has been ruled unconstitutional. Stellar wind, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And so he's been on the run. He's been threatened by two administrations. And now the thing that he revealed has been unconstitutional, has been ruled unconstitutional. <laughs> yeah. 
and he still he still has to hide. Right. So the the yeah, it's fucking dumb. insane. It's ridiculous. And and then for if you go back to the other article, uh, the Michael Flynn article. Yeah. Juxtapose what Michael Flynn has done. Yeah. Compared to you running your wrestling website, and maybe selling unmarked vans <laughs> full of AKs, but. Which is a purely a joke for any yes, uh, he's making FBI agents that may be listening yeah, to this exactly. still being fucking watched. But Michael Flynn was the national security advisor for like 46 days in 2016 under Trump. He ran, he led the charge, like the locker up uh, for over for a year. He was one of the early supporters of Donald Trump while he was, I can't remember where the exact cutoff was, but he, he was on staff and on payroll for the Donald Trump campaign and the transition negotiating with or working on behalf of the government of Turkey, right? Like he was pulling some shady shit when he was the director at the, I think he was the director at uh, NSA. No. DIA. I'm not sure. Uh, It doesn't matter, but under Obama and then he was fired um, by Obama and he's always held a grudge. And then Trump picks him up, you know, whatever. But like some of the shit that he was pulling was were like him and his son were plotting to kidnap uh, a Turkish dissident living in, I think, Pennsylvania named Fatula Gulan. Right. So. And then illegally extradite him back to Turkey for Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Erdogan, who's the president of Turkey. To fucking kill him or throw him in jail, become a political. So he's he's got asylum here in the states, and part of the shit that that Flynn got into was illegally extraditing this man back to Turkey while he's the incoming NSA advisor, right? Like the or the incoming <laughs> national security advisor. Jesus, like like the difference between what this administration's up to michael flynn is up to and what the shit the like the shit that the fbi is looking into for like it's pretty stark difference right and then in through there there's shit that we don't even know about his son was involved it appears that michael flynn copped a plea with the fbi uh he did he did get convicted for lying to the fbi which then trump i think commuted but then he just pardoned him but then the pardon was a pretty broad pardon to include the shit that he did for Turkey. So like Michael Flynn is pretty cleared. He kept his fucking mouth shut mm-hmm. and he did what he could for his son, kept his son out of hot water and his, that was his payoff. He's, he is, he was a Trump loyalist and he got a, He got a pardon. And the sad part is he's out there in the front, you know, the front row of the Trump administration. And he's been, lauded as being targeted and Obama didn't like him and the system went after him and he's it's been treated extraordinarily unfairly and like I I had a I had a, a colleague of mine say like and it's just a fucking shame what they're doing to Michael Flynn for General Flynn it is like <laughs> like the way the Democrats are railroading that man is a national tragedy travesty and I was like why what like he and I was like he was plotting to kidnap Fatula Gulan from like his Philadelphia home and illegally rendition, like 
rendition or whatever it is, like black slide him off back to Turkey and give him back to the regime in Turkey. And he was like, what? I never heard any of this. Like, what do you mean? You never heard any of this. Of course. Like there's been, Again, like, it's the, it this, was, this is yet another example of what you made that yeah. comment earlier of you have the same access to the same information, but you choose to only take in what serves your narrative. Right. And, and that that that's that's politics in modern day now is only listen to what your ears like. Yeah. That, that's it. No, no qualms. Can't can't let the, the, the other stuff in the ears. Can't no. can't follow that other don't person. Let it, don't let it approach my my delicate ears. <clears throat> yeah, it's, this is so like this is Thanks. the on the on the outgoing and it's gonna get battier, right? Like oh yeah, for sure. It's gonna absolutely it, it's gonna get battier. Mm-hmm. But this is the type of shit that's happening. And again, uh this is predictable. Like so sucks he's been it. he's been running a grift since twenty fifteen and he's gonna continue to run it. Fuck yeah. And once he's out, he's gonna continue to run it. And going, you know, real briefly going back to Georgia, where basically the Trumpers are having a rift with the Republicans. I I think they're probably gonna end up mending that, you know, that divide, maybe. But I, I certainly hope it would be extraordinarily uh entertaining to watch Trump and the Republican Party rip itself apart <laughs> because he wants the he wants the Trump. He wants the Republican apparatus to follow him, and yeah. they don't want to relinquish that control. So that's the that's the one benefit of of having a power hungry uh, party is that when you have a fight over that power, um, you know, you're you're going to end up causing some internal strife that I don't think the Democratic Party is one to uh, capitalize on, but. Hopefully they lose a few elections because uh, they're fighting amongst themselves, whether they want to be full on fascist or just pseudo fascist. <laughs> just a little bit of fascism, or <laughs> right? Listen, we're, fellas, we got to decide whether they're going to be full on fascist yeah. or like fascist light. Just a little bit so fascism, or yeah. you, if you could return your uh, uh, ballots and let us know, <laughs> just check one box: just full on fascist or just fascist light. That'd be great. Uh, can anybody get that done by close of business on Friday? Just so you know, it's coming up. We have a deadline. All right. So yeah, so you know. <laughs> ballots are in your inbox. Is uh is John Asa from Georgia? Or who's who's yeah. this? Okay. I is, think he's from Georgia. Is he... he was he was running against Karen Handel in twenty seventeen. And I remember he had to move districts in Georgia. Okay, so is he trying to? Is he one of the runoff elections that's coming up? Yeah. So okay. John Ossoff and uh, okay. Reverend Warnock. Okay. Are the two running against Kelly Leffler and David Perdue? Okay, he sounds like Barack and, Obama, by the way. He just, he's just, it's yeah, he's like it, a Pete Buttigieg. Like I'm going to try to hold Barack Obama. It's like yeah. I, li- I had his, I had his speech queued up, and I, I literally went through like four of them on YouTube, and he has the same Barack Obama dialect delivery where he'll play it. He'll listen. Just, I mean, again, I, I know I'm putting this in people's heads, but before we play this, but I just think Barack Obama when I hear this guy talk. So listen to him talk. Thank you all so so much for being here. It means the world to me to see y'all here. Most of all, I want to thank the amazing people of this state. It's the say the word yeah. and emphasize and it's just that that obama dialect and it's just yeah again you know i i don't i don't know much about him so i can't i can't sit here and fucking railroad the guy but i was like well there's another obama impersonator and 
but the, here's the thing though like the this is this is a good encapsulation of part of my problem with politicians in general is that they're not offering a unique i mean i don't even offer a unique political view or they're not offering anything genuine by and large a lot of them aren't offering something genuine and trump will offer something spontaneous and unique and something that feels genuine to people because it's not what they've seen before so the juxtaposition between sure donald trump on the republican stage with you know carly fiorina ted cruz uh, marco rubio jeb bush scott wall all those clowns in the 2016 republican runoff they were all pretending to be the same inoffensive you know pearl clutching bible reading uh uh bed by eight brunch at you know warm glass uh, of milk dinner at four o'clock right like great to have a beer with you know republican who just wants to cut your taxes and give you freedom Mm -hmm. they were the same cookie cutter person with a slightly different story and a different look about them you're right right. and then he came in and blew it up and then here this is what you get you like barack obama was one of the most care is one of the most charismatic politicians that you will meet absolutely and you did meet him, but like you will see. And people are trying to model themselves off of him. And there are some people whom that works on because they, they, you know, it's a, they look at politics as, like as a skin deep thing. And I don't mean that in terms of like your, your race or anything, just like a, 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 a high level thing. Sure. They don't go into the depths of what the person's looking at. Right. So there's people for whom, politics is kind of a personality thing okay and that those are who this works on but then it's just extremely off-putting to anybody looking for a genuine person because i'm not electing you necessarily to do i am electing you to do specific things but i'm also electing somebody who i want to trust their ideology that once i set them on a path in office, like for a senator in six years, I don't know what you're going to experience in, well, honestly, the first hundred days, but like, I don't know what you're going to experience in year three, four or five, right? Think of the, the senators we voted for in 2016, who would have known in year three, they're going to be met with a, a pandemic. But I need to know that I can trust their ideology, that the ideology that I'm, that I see in that person's going to gonna steer them to solutions that i agree with or that i think do the most good for my neighbors not for corporations and when i see people like this they're trying to sell me a veneer of acceptable politician and it's devoid of any ideology that i can trust to do the right thing and so you're just letting loose a wild card in the senate and that's what i see when i see Buttigieg. that's what i see when i see uh amy klobuchar I mean, when people flock to Iowa tons of times over and over and over and over and over again, I see the same fucking thing of a politician putting on this fucking veneer that they hope the, uh, you know, attractiveness of their look or their aura or or their story is going to get you to, you know, attach yourself to their, you know, 
personality, but to build anything enduring and to build some trust, there has to be an ideology, a, a part of it. And Hopefully people can, yeah, figure that out. That's the goal. But then you got to. It's, e it's easy for Republicans, I feel, because the ideology can just be like, fuck, I'm going to lower your taxes and give you some goddamn freedom. <laughs> Woo. Let's go shoot. Let's go shoot a fucking gun with bacon wrapped around a suppressor. Yeehaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy. Yeah, it's much easier right? as and a Republican. Like, yeah, so it's it's that is the depth of the Republican Party. And, and then there's like, you know, a lot of shady ass shit that they do, you know, to support corporate America, just like the Democrats do. But I just, like I there's just, a cultural signifier that they utilize to indicate ideology that the the democratic party i think is just devoid of oh it's completely devoid of and you're right with the republicans because they, they just they just know they can latch on to like two key elements and one of those is always mm -hmm. religion so they'll, oh, just, they'll sure. just tell you like how about you and jesus go in that voting booth and you cast that vote for me and you do it together right. with jesus and they just go wow i think i'll do that with jesus and they just it's very easy can i can i bring my ar <laughs> Can I can I strap up and <laughs> I like that we always do some kind of a southern accent when we talk about Republicans. But yeah, fuck always. Yeah, that's well, just, that's just usually the case, unfortunately. Well, we'll stop if Georgia flips blue. Well, I have we'll a see. doubt that it will. I bet it'll be fifty fifty. We will see bet, very I'll, soon. I'll bet you some goofy ass shit'll happen like Warnick wins and Ossoff loses. Maybe I do like his Maybe. sign that says "Vote your Ossoff." That's actually pretty creative. So I will give them credit for that. That's a nice little sign. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this fucker up. Um, is there anything? When, when do these these runoffs take place? What are, what are the dates? Do we know that? I think January. I Off the top of my head, I think is January 4th. Okay. So we still got a few Georgia more weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, We've already got Congress being sworn in. Oh, okay. All right. So we, uh, I'm, I'm, I know there's going to be a lot coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I mean, the, this whole Trump Biden transition thing is going to be just a, a mess for the next two months. But We'll have obviously plenty to talk about uh, when that inauguration takes place, but I, I just have a feeling there's just more that's going to continue to happen at the next few weeks as we get through Christmas and New Year's mm -hmm. and just it's just going to be. I mean, we 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 didn't talk for a week and look at all the shit that popped up, <laughs> so we didn't. Right. Just, it just fucking it never stops, never never stops. So no. we we won't have. Uh, we won't ever not have anything to talk about when we do these things. So it's always fun. The 2021 Iowa legislative session, I just looked it up, starts January 11th. So uh, beginning of the new year, we'll, we'll, not a hard shift to solely Iowa politics, but um, the, the things that pop up in Iowa politics will be probably pretty indicative of what's happening in the rest of Sure. flyover country so we can talk about some of those issues when when that comes up we also um we've we've had a number of people approach us from different states that listen to the show uh that are interested in coming on and talking about kind of what, what the, the how the election was from their perspective so people from mm. uh pennsylvania north carolina oklahoma um all over the place uh just just you know because because we we have our own kind of unique perspective living in this state uh but it, it would be fascinating to hear from other people in different states and different parts of the country kind of how uh, how things went with them and, and how, how the results turned out versus maybe four years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I loved doing that with, with Ken when we, we talked about Michigan and how things were so different uh, four years ago versus what happened just a few weeks ago with the, the last election. So um, we, we definitely have, uh, have those kinds of things on the books that we're going to do. And 
at some point we're going to get to that Tulsi episode that we've talked about for months and months. And then we'll talk. We, we also <laughs> want to talk about um, uh, some stuff that Andrew Yang's doing right now uh, with uh, his, his take on independent contractors and pro wrestling. Cause that kind of dives back into my old world a little bit and I'm trying to make some phone yeah. calls. Um, so we'll, we'll, we have a, we have a lot of things on the docket that we'll be talking about, but there's just there's just so much happening right now uh, from a national perspective that's hard to just uh, you know avoid it. We do we have to talk about it. So, yep, makes for easy podcasting. So there you go, everybody. Uh, all right, well we will be back next week. We wanted to chime in here. We did a little bit later than we wanted to. Had some technical issues. Got this new fancy mic all hooked up. So I hope everything's sounding good on everybody's end. I got my old shitty one from the crackheads on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I know, but it, it sounds good, man. It comes through crystal sure clear. So. Those crackheads know how to tweak a condenser mic. They sure do, man. It comes in crystal clear. Nice and nice and buttery smooth, as one person told me uh, that listened oh, to our good. podcast. Yes. So we, we're getting thumbs up on the audio, so that's good. Uh, so definitely uh, continue to follow us on Twitter. I am at AdamUIowa. Sean is at FlyoverSean. Of course, uh, you can listen to us on anchor.fm slash flyoverpolitics or, or on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Just look up Flyover Politics and, uh, and add us to your feed. Uh, and as always, as we always do on this podcast, I will let uh, Sean close it up the, the way that he does. When it comes to all things in life, think for yourself.